All right. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Duckman TV and Weekend Warriors. So tonight, I've dipped the toe in the icy waters of uh, ice hockey. So I've gone into the Sydney League. I've been trying to tap into it a little bit and finally got my foot in the deep end uh, with Sydney Ice Dogs. And this is courtesy of chasing around, looking for some interesting content and uh, some different stuff, trying to promote as many sports as possible. And got in touch with Liam, who has been very, very grateful to be able to help organise this today. So uh, thanks, guys, for your time. Liam, can you give us a rundown who's here, what everyone's role is, so for everyone's right across this place? Yeah, of course. Um, I head up the, the sponsorship and marketing for the Sydney Ice Dogs um, ice hockey team. We were part of the AIHL, the Australian Ice Hockey League. Um, joining us this evening, we've got our head coach, uh, Jason Vizsla, and our head of operations, Angela, um, kind of who heads up to make sure that the players and the staff are all heading in the same direction come game day um, and beyond. Fabulous. All right. So there we go. So who has the toughest job out of you three? So Jason, looks like you've got a bit of a tough gig there and you look like you've done a bit of time on the ice too, so you know what you're doing and everything like that. Yeah, but I, I think... Uh... Easily, Angelo. That's the toughest job here. <laughs> Liam, sorry, I had to chuckle because Liam, uh, making sure we're all going the right direction more and on the same flight is probably <laughs> at the right airport as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Angelo is the toughest gig. Yeah. So what do you specifically have to do with operations? It's a pretty broad term there, Angela. So um, you look pretty down the earth but on on point so you look like someone not to mess with on a bad day and you get stuff done for the ice dogs uh yeah so my role encompasses um booking flights transportation um looking after all of accommodation on the road so the team has this coming season they'll have 15 away games yeah. which are all over australia so they we, we've got to organize flights um, transport on the ground when we land in other cities, um, making sure everyone shows up at the airport on time, um, food <laughs> on the road for the boys. Um, on game days, I run the bar and um, help our other uh, our team manager who looks after all the, the front of house kind of stuff. Yeah. So is this Australian Ice Hockey League, is that semi-professional or professional at all? Is there... Uh, like I imagine this is quite expensive to organise interstate travel because you've got teams in your competition from Melbourne, Perth, uh, Canberra, Adelaide, Brisbane, the, the whole gamut. So that would be fairly expensive organising travel for, what, 20, 25 guys? Five, yeah. Usually take 25 on the road um, between 22 players plus support staff. So, yeah. Um, the the league straddles the line between amateur and semi-professional. Yeah. So does the does the league have big sponsorship deals or anything like that help uh, subsidise any of these costs? Because it's I, I want to follow the league more and it's difficult to easily access information about the games and the competition and there doesn't seem to be stacks of promotion at this stage. Yeah. There's no major sponsor for the league itself, so yeah. but each team have their own sponsors. Liam could probably talk more. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a focus for us in 2024 is kind of getting um, you know, bigger brands involved, um, not just with us, but in the league in general. Um, I know every kind of team does their own thing in terms of sponsorship, um, which is fantastic because it's a pay-to-play sport. So the more money we can get in, the more money we've got to or the less money we've got to outlay to get our players two games or to take the ice in for our home games. Um, we'd love to have, obviously, like a national sponsor like the NRL with Harvey Norman come on board um, to kind of reduce the the pressure for each team to kind of come up with the cash to kind of make the season what it is. But with a sport like ice hockey, it's obviously getting people to know that there's an ice hockey league first um, before we get kind of those big name brands kind of come on board. So, there's not as yet. I know there's. It's. It'd be lovely if something like Harvey Norman or um, Tui's or any of those kind of brands could come on board. But it is kind of up to the clubs at the minute to kind of do the hard yards and get those brands involved. 
Yep. So for you as a coach, Jason, what are some of the challenges you've got with like having a national league? Must be difficult, but not having a professional, a fully professional competition because you've got to get guys that have got availability for work and all these sorts of issues as well. Yeah, uh, I think I've got the number one commodity, and that's the power to c- control who takes the ice. Um, so I've been pretty open with my players this past year. So last year was my first year coaching this team. I've been asked for uh, you know six six or so years to coach the team, but I've got a young family, um, so that proved to be difficult. So last year I took it on and uh, ran it slightly different to what had been done previously about like having tryouts and applications for all that sort of stuff so we get to have six imports from overseas and i can run four imports at any one time um that being said there is also uh, an element to people needing to work for a living and this being a semi-professional amateur competition so yeah there's the occasional where guys um can't travel on the weekend or they have family commitments or even work commitments you know some guys we have one particular player last year who is based in Wollongong uh and we're based in in Macquarie they had to drive up for trainings not to mention some games he was in the state for work so there is an element of um I don't know I don't want to say letting the players decide who plays because that's not the case. We have the final say, but we did have a next guy up mentality. So it's it's a juggle. And then I get the fun job of dealing with 100-plus import applicants from around the, the world and finding who's going to be the best fit for the team, having meetings at different hours of the evening because it's daytime in France or, you know, daytime <laughs> in Canada. And, yeah, yeah. so... And then you get, you know, it's all good to talk to people all the time uh, via email and WhatsApp. But then when you actually talk to them in person, you kind of learn a lot more about them. And then you can pretty much get a uh, an idea of, you know what, this guy I don't think is going to be the right fit for our team. Or, no, nah, this guy is so down to earth, he's going to fit in nicely with a younger group. Or, you know, this guy's a amazing and i think we need him <laughs> let's bend yeah. over backwards to get this guy yeah so so you so you've got the sydney well australian ice hockey league there's two sides in sydney in the australian ice hockey league the bears and yourselves and you are in what the hell so there's two conferences the hell yeah and what's the i've won the the rurak how, how do they work do they work together like is it an integrated uh, thing no, is it a bit like the nfl a bit of a touchy subject, if I'm honest with you, because we have these two conferences that have been, in what we can say is divvied up into teams to make it viable for all teams. And there's a bit of cost equalization for teams that are all like have to fly more, like Perth and all that sort of stuff. Whereas we obviously have two teams in Sydney. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the conferences that there are right now. If you really wanted to make it solid conferences, you would have like the Newcastle team and Erin in our conference and have an Eastern sort of seaboard conference because therefore, you know, you get these teams traveling and sorry, you get their fans traveling. So revenue for our teams could be so much higher if we had Newcastle people coming to our games. We had Canberra people coming to our games more regularly. We had Arena teams come to our... Perth and Melbourne in our conference, their teams don't travel, so we don't make as much money as you'd want. So it kind of... I don't like the conferences how they are, um, but I'm not in a position to change them. So... I find it interesting that there's five sides effectively from New South Wales out of the 10 in the competition, but they've divided it in a manner. So two Sydney and two Melbourne sides are together along with who's who's the other side in your conference? Perth. Perth. So did they throw darts at a dartboard to do this one or how'd they work that out? Uh, Angela, I'm going to let you take this. <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't want to say it diplomatically. <laughs> um, I honestly not sure how they chose the 
the teams. They've, they've purposely put the two Sydney teams together and the two Melbourne teams together, but we don't actually need to be in the same conference. Like, the two Sydney teams should be in the same conference and two Melbourne teams should be in their own, like, the same conference. Yeah. Because those head-to-head games are our biggest, those derbies where, um, yeah. But like, I'll really- give you an idea, Matt. <laughs> like, sorry to butt in, Ange, but I'll give you an idea. We used to fly to, say, a team and we would play back-to-back games in a weekend, all right? Yeah. Like, when I was back playing, there was only one Melbourne team at the time. And so what we ended up doing is we would fly Sydney to Melbourne, Melbourne to Adelaide, Adelaide home. Or the second half of the year, we'd fly Sydney to Adelaide, Adelaide to Melbourne, Melbourne home. That would be a Saturday and a Sunday. Now with having two teams, you would we would do that. But for some unknown reason, the way these conferences work, we fly to Adelaide for one game and then we have to stay an extra night because you can't get flights out of Adelaide after the game because of curfews and back into Sydney. So then you pay extra hotel or cost and all that stuff. Then we do the same thing to fly to Brisbane. Granted, we fly to Perth because Perth is in our conference and play two games, Saturday and Sunday, and that's a brutal road trip. But the other teams in the other conference, they fly to Perth for one game. Like, yeah. I don't get it, man. I don't I don't see how... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it. why they wouldn't play 27 games, play everybody three times, and just everyone gets a, a fair shake of that. And so, like, you can say everyone's had to play Perth three times. Year in, year out. One year, you're going to play them twice at home. Next year, you're going to play them twice but, away. But not even that. But why not put Perth and Adelaide... In the same conference, right? Yeah. Take Perth out of our conference, take Adelaide out of our conference, put Melbourne, Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide. All those flights are a hell of a lot cheaper. And yeah. they've got and ah oh, man, you know what? Yeah. That's why these guys are paid the big bucks, right? Isn't that the same? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A dollar. Uh, so, so you look like you're gonna have your work cut out for you, Angela, because you're gonna need to think outside the square a little bit. Uh Liam's sitting back very quiet at the moment, so um, he's going to make the money. He's going to yeah, make the money. Yeah, we get to yeah, spend just, the money. Exactly right. I get the fun job of just going to Brands and saying, "Hey, could you give us a couple of bucks so yeah. we can get to Perth, make Andrew's job a bit easier, so we're not trying so, to do it on a budget." So, talking about sponsorship and marketing and all this now to to cover these costs and operational costs. How what other operational costs to run the club for a year? Because you've got all these airfares and hotels and stuff like that too. Yeah, I just probably got the, the nitty gritty on that kind of stuff. But, you know, we, we pay for each of our home games, we pay for the rink hire and stuff like that for the couple of hours. And that's, that's if you ever tried to host a, a party on an ice rink, it's not cheap to do that. Um, <laughs> let alone like running up, you know, getting players of uniforms and skate sharpened and, and airfares and, and hotels, which again, for 20 guys, it's it's not an easy job that Ange has to kind of make that work with, you know, the budgets that we that we have to work with across the board. So, yep. So, does the Australian Ice Hockey League do they do anything? Australian Ice Hockey, whoever runs it, do they help you in any way with grants or rebates or anything like to help uh, fund costs and do things to promote the league? Operationally, they help with some things. Not. Yep. Uh, financially, they assist with the broadcast costs. So every game is broadcast. Yeah, we get a rebate for those that cost. Um, but in terms of travel and and actual expenses for games, no. Yeah, so we, who- the sport is not funded from the government. There's no government grants or any sort of pathways for that. So, um, makes it difficult. Yeah. So it's kind of some bit surprised there's no government funding or anything. I would think that it it's an evolving sport, so it's growing and developing. It would be something, an area you probably want to spend some money in. You've spent money on it to develop it. You're going to get better results. Like in Australia, I know I've had the Canadian and the US teams out to play some exhibition matches. They must have been fairly well received when they've been out in Australia. So they got a lot of good media attention. Yeah, I mean, we, we recently just had the the NHL Global Series out here with, was it the Kings and the Coyotes? Is that, did I get that right? Yeah. Um, so, like, two fantastically well-known franchises, particularly the Kings, like, they're iconic um, with their kind of silver and black jersey. So, it 
it's almost like 2020, end of 2023, into 2024 is the perfect time for both the government and the private sector to kind of jump on board to ice hockey. Um, it's been talked about a hell of a lot with the Global Series. Um, you know, our local talent, you know, that's playing in the NHL with Nathan Walker, having him kind of be our almost superstar of the sport, it's tapping into those resources and that kind of all the media attention that's out there at the moment. It's, you know, something that we're really trying to kind of hero, saying like it is an emerging sport. Yes, the crowds will grow. It's kind of the same position the NBL was in 15 years ago where it was like, you know, it's basketball. Who's going to watch Australian basketball? And now, you know, the finals are being held at Kudos Bank Arena, you know, in front of 30,000 people. And the Sydney Kings are one of the most followed teams in in the the state. So it's almost like we're at that tipping point. We just need to kind of kick it into the next gear um, in the next couple of years to kind of take advantage of all the good work that's happened. Yeah, that's what I think. It's at a level where probably do need some uh, strategic commercial partnerships to get to the next level. So who are the games broadcast? Who broadcasts the games for you if people want to watch it? How can you how can you see them? Uh, it was, I believe, 2022 we were on KO. Uh, 2023 season we went across so Clutch TV, um, which was kind of branded as AIHL.TV. Um yeah. We've, there was obviously there was some broadcast issues with that company um, kind of on their end. Uh, yeah. I think we're looking to have a new broadcast partner in 2024 with um, details to be shared between the league and teams, um, hopefully before the season starts. So I, I imagine so I commentate rugby games on Clutch that was commentating on Clutch TV, which they set up as New South Wales Rugby TV and that tied in with football. Uh so it looks like that the new broadcast partner for those sports is going to be probably double take sports. So there's a, there's an inside one for you. Uh, imagine well, I think the other two, the other league, the women's league right now, has switched to sportscast. Oh really? So yeah. Yeah, well, so it, it could, but I have heard rumblings that Clutch is making a return. <laughs> don't don't believe the rumblings. So I heard. <laughs> I know other information, so that's all. That's all I'll say because I don't want to get sued. So um, I, I like I like commentating for Clutch. I actually liked it. They gave me some good opportunities. So um, yeah. we might have to get you as a color commentator at an ice hockey game, mate, just to see how you go in a sport that you haven't done. Oh well, yeah. I'm happy to come and have a crack. So I tried to do it at floorball. I couldn't work out what was going on. So um, <laughs> why are these two guys hugging each other? Yeah, yeah I, was, I thought it was weird. Like, oh, they got no ice hockey skates, but they're doing it on uh, basketball. Well, it turned it into a rink. It's not really a rink because there's no ice, so it's a little bit hard to work out what it was. Um, no, I like the like the idea. So, what is uh, your relationship with like Sydney Bears? Is that, have you got a cordial relationship with them? As hostile, so I imagine you've got some I'll... sort of rivalry with them. Ah, uh, listen, I think I'll. I'll answer this one. We kind of have a it's a it's a different sort of relationship. We have to work together to satisfy yes. the rink and everything, but we do operate like completely different. We share a number of obviously we share the rink and we have to share some spaces in the rink. From the best part, most of the time we're pretty well behaved, both of us. Um <laughs> But then on game day, I think it all gets thrown out the window like any other rivalry. Uh, you know, I'll have chats throughout the year with the coach. Um, and I think we both – it's a tough one, right? We both need each other to succeed. But deep down, you kind of hope that one team, your team, succeeds better, right? Whether it be from gate takings or from media point of view and all that sort of stuff. But deep down, we both know we need each other. We need, I need them to get two and a half thousand people to their games so that they come to our games and they just fall in love with the sport. Not so much falling in love with the team, but they need to fall in love with the sport. Like it's dumbfounding when you actually think about it. To get like 2,200 people to a game every weekend and there's like eight million people or seven and a half million people in this city, you're like, how is that not possible? Like, how are we not filling the stands every week? And this yeah. year, we've taken a huge step. Liam and the whole marketing team have 
you know, it's cliche, but taking the bull by the horns. And we've had unreal turnouts. And I was getting messages from people all the time saying, wow, I haven't seen this many people at a Sunday game um, in ever. And that was really good to hear. And the boys started noticing, the boys started seeing that we were playing in front of more, more people, but there were still vacant seats, you know, and there was still the ability to grow. So the short answer to your question is we get along Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday we don't really get along and some Friday nights. Yeah. <laughs> we respect so, them as hockey players. That's, that's yeah. They're a hockey so, team, we're a hockey team. <laughs> so does it get a bit like the NHL when you're uh, taking the HR on you a couple of enforcers, you send a couple of guys out to just say, just need to put you in your place there? I don't even know if we have enforcers. I think our, our biggest fights last year were some of our smallest players. They're like my chihuahua. Yeah, the, the big guys kind of just kind of stand back and watch now. It's all the little kind of guys who are like, yeah, I'll have you. Um, yeah. I think it was what Kyle Walker took on one of their Probably. small forwards. Yeah, and we're like, this is, this is fine. We'll just let them scrap because <laughs> it's entertaining. They're quick. The punches are class. So, yeah, just let the little guys go at it. <laughs> big guys are too slow to throw at the punches now. Yeah, I watched a pretty good one the other day uh, in the NHL. Guys were whacking on there and they just, the ref just stood back and went, eh, let them have a go for a while. And then they just went, eh, this is going nowhere anymore. So we're over and done. Like it gave you a fair crack and you just were hugging each other. So well, there, is a, there, there is a code in the sport and you sort of, most guys honor the, honor the code. So I wouldn't say it's been eradicated from, our league, uh, I would say that the last year was probably a little bit uh, tamer across all teams. Um, yeah. But that's not to say that it's it's gone. You know, there is still fighting in our league. The difference between the NHL is, you know, they get five minutes and then they're back out and could go at it again. Our players, uh, depending on the severity, uh, the time of the game can sit out for five minutes plus a game. So, and they could also miss out a second game. So, you know, in a 26 game season, you know, you can't afford to lose too many things. And plus like very rarely will you get the imports over here to uh, throw down, you know, they might throw down overseas where they play an 82 game season, but they're only here for a short period of time. And you rely on these players to, to help put points on the board. So, um, yeah. Uh, if you come to a game, I can't promise you that you will see a fight, but I can't promise you that you won't see a fight. <laughs> so how many players you got a nice hockey um, team on the ice at any one time? Yeah, five plus a goalie on anyone at any one yeah. time. And then obviously for each game, we have roughly 22 players on the yeah. road, uh, like in a game, and then usually the squad is made up of about 35 or so players and then development players that you're growing for the future. So I think last year we had somewhere around 40 or so in the pipeline. Yeah, so so out of all those guys you're carrying, you're carrying like 20, 22 in a game, you're going through all of those players in the game, they're all getting time out on yes. the rink or not really? Uh, well, each coach is different, right? I tend to use my players a lot more than a lot of other coaches. Um, yeah. Uh, I've always been a young, like a development coach as well um, because I strongly believe in players coming through the ranks and growing. And I also believe that there's no point in not playing players who just don't go anywhere. And then when you actually need to call upon them, they don't. They, they haven't been in pressure situations. They haven't been called upon. So they just they're useless. So I was one of the teams last year that tried to take four lines away with me on road trips. Most teams will only take three. Some teams like Perth will only take two and a bit and rely heavily on those players that weekend. Um, so I tried to take as many as possible. Financially, it was a bit of a pressure cooker for Ange. Um, but that being said, I do tend to use the four lines. Some, some, some teams won't. Yeah. 
So does, does that work from logistics point of view, organising the whole operations there, Angela? So it looked like your hair's still natural colour and you've got a smile on your face, which is a win. So you're happy with how everything's going at the moment? She's back. She's back for another year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I see the benefit of grappling with a, a full team. You know, the, these are um, the 20-minute, 60-minute uh, game, but it doesn't actually last 60 minutes, two and a half hours. To play twice in a weekend, that's exhausting, plus all the travel. Yeah. You need to be able to rotate your players. It's really important that we don't um, run a small, like if you're just running 15 players, uh, you're, you're risking injury, you're risking all sorts of things with them as well. Yeah. It does, it does put it as an even playing field, right? Like it, it's an even playing field. If you take four lines away and you're versing the home team that has four lines, it's an even playing field. When you start taking only three lines of so 15 players, to another team and they can exhaust your 15 players for the first 45 minutes and then they can hammer you with their fourth line and 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 strategically it, it it's it, it makes it an even playing field by having equal numbers yeah so so by having four lines you pretty much got four of everything right so four goalkeepers no, no. Defenders, <laughs> midfield forward. <laughs> no we don't take we don't take four goalies we take two goalies yeah. Um, but but when you have when I say four lines, so the forward you have three forwards and two defensemen, and then yeah. you would obviously have like twelve forwards as opposed to nine forwards. Oh yeah. So you're not literally changing over like carrying like a reserve for everything and being able to sub like your whole squad on and off every every time if you needed to. You're not no. don't have that much depth in a squad. Uh, <laughs> you do have quite a lot of depth. It depends on how your team's built. Um, yeah. But no, there's you wouldn't see a goal. You wouldn't have take four goalies. It's just yeah. you know two two goalies. Some again, Perth, logistically and financially, they only take one goalie and import goalie <laughs> wherever they go, and then they for years they find a solid local goalie. So, for example, when they come to Sydney, they use a Sydney goalie as their backup goalie. And I don't know whether they offer him something or they, you know, to sit there. They know he's not getting on the ice unless the player gets injured, but they know at least they have a second goalie at every game as a fallback option in case of injury. Now, this, this was what I was going to ask you too. When you go to Perth, do you have local reserve talent you might draw on if you get injuries and stuff that you need to call players from from like their league below the um, AIHL? Probably. I wouldn't say we wouldn't. We haven't considered it. We, I think it's important to note that, I, that New South Wales has the largest membership base. So I guess okay. if you want to say that, we probably have the most depth here. Yeah. Um, it probably could financially work out great if we only took three lines to Perth and then quickly recruited three of their players. But I think I'm not saying we couldn't. And hey, listen, there's a handful of guys because I'm also one of the national team coaches. There's a handful of guys that don't get a good run over there that I could probably draw upon, might yeah. ruffle some feathers. But um, and it's not something that I've considered, but. I don't see why we couldn't when they do the same. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic because Perth, Perth would get the rough end of the pineapple with that most of the time, wouldn't they? So, uh, travelling, they would need to probably call on local reserve talent from Sydney and Melbourne to service their requirements if needed. Well, they do. And they also, like, it's harder for them for their local players as well, right? Like when we travel, our players can work at their nine to five jobs Monday through Friday. Perth, they travel on a, uh, usually a Friday, and then they will sometimes have to go home on a Monday. So they financially will lose more money in their own pockets. Um, and that's just the way they've got to do it, right? Yeah. 
So how long did you play ice hockey for before you got into coaching? Uh, well, I still play. I play in the second division as well. That wasn't planned. I thought I was yeah. giving it away, and trust me, the <laughs> wife thought I was giving it away. I played in the AIHL for, I think it was eight or nine years. That sort of got cut short early. I snapped my humerus, and then I pretty much just moved up in my company so much that I couldn't afford to take the weekends off as much. And then before you knew it, family and came along. Um, how I sort of got into coaching was a decent time ago. I actually couldn't tell you how long ago, um, but I've sort of gone up through the ranks and coached the U18s. I started did one year at U15s, then I did U18s and women and been fortunate to have good teams around me and we've succeeded and done really well and the the stock has risen and we've moved up in, and then um, done some national team coaching and found myself coaching the Ice Dogs. Yeah. That's a good story. I was going to say, with you breaking your humor, so like, can you hold a stick properly after breaking your humor? So your arm's not yeah, quite the same. I also am married to a nurse and stupidly went back six months earlier and she helped me brace it. And yeah. So she tells you all about it. I've got no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but I wouldn't change it. Coaching, I also believe that coaching has made me a better player because the methodology behind coaching, how you perform, where you are, my positioning is better whilst I get older and I don't like to hit as much anymore because it takes longer to heal and recover. Um, yeah. Coaching has helped me be a better player. Yeah. So what areas of Sydney are you attracting players from to come and play for you guys? You said you got a guy from Wollongong, so that would be killer stuff. Where else are your other players coming from? A uh, good chunk of them are from the Hills District, over near where yeah. you are. Uh, a lot are on the eastern suburbs. We have guys in the Shire. And believe it or not, only a handful out in the Western Districts. So most, I would say, Northern Beaches, Shire, Eastern Suburbs, and sort of Hills area. So do you think a lot of there's, like out where I live here, Glenmore Park, there's there's literally one ice rink I can think of around the corner. The next closest would be you guys, Macquarie Ice Rink. I, I can't think of any others in the local area within 30 minutes of where I live other than the one down at Pemriff. Oh, so, pretty sure Macquarie is your closest one, man, because the one you're thinking of in Glenmore Park is in AKA Castle Hill, Brooklyn Hills, that hasn't been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so there you your go. Closest, your closest rink right now is Macquarie. Yeah, there, there you go. So, so I wondered how, well, that's, that makes it tough because, like, it's hard to I, – I imagine you could find players out in this area where you're probably going to be able to get some talented players that would be interested. So, Well, listen, at this, le at this level, most of the guys at this level, you, you sort of know. Um, I mean, fans, like I'm out of – fan group last year who came to every game and and I take my hat off to them because, you know, my kids were at some games, but in some games it was late and they still brought their twin little boys. And then one day I was just talking to them and I said, you know, really appreciate you guys coming. I see you guys. The boys are interacting with our players really well. You know, is it far for you? Where are you coming from? And they told me they came from south of Campbelltown. So they oh, not really? only were coming to all our games – they were traveling an hour each way and spending like 35, 40 bucks in tolls just to come to our games. So, you know, it is a unique sport. It's, it is growing, you know, with 10 teams now, um, with the streaming and how it's going, it's definitely growing and it's only going to continue to grow. It's just tapping the right people on the shoulder and, and getting them to games and like yourself, learning more about the games and we'll get you out to a game and then who knows, it may become your favourite sport. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll, I'll always keep an open mind and come and check different things out. Uh, Angela, from an operations point of view, what sort of things could you have, like if you get any benefits or extra stuff into the club that would help you out uh, in the role that you do? More yeah. money. <laughs> our ring, our own ring. 
yeah, and a, a rink. You know, the, the number of rinks in New South Wales has shrunk dramatically in the last few years. So we, um, there was one in the hills, there was one in Penrith, there was one in um, Canterbury, Blacktown, Blacktown. Um, and um, Blacktown closed first, then the hills. Penrith closed two years ago, I think now. And Canterbury is currently closed due to some structural issues it'll be probably another two years before it's finished repairs yeah so in terms of like we desperately need more ice rinks in sydney there's a huge um like all the teams are having to play out either macquarie or liverpool yeah Um, so it's it's squished in there's two small rinks one up in blue mountains and one out near the airport, but they're not big enough for adult level hockey. Kids are fine, but not for adults. Yeah. So where's the one in the Blue Mountains? In Lura. Oh wow! It, it's actually it's actually a Medlow Bar in the um, inside the Hydro Majestic. Oh really? It's in the uh, in the Fairmont. Yeah. Is it Fairmont? Fairmont Hydro Majestic. Yes. Yeah. But it's it's only it's very small, so like young kids can play on it, or just for general public skating. But it's not a. I think the roof height, the roof height is like, listen, it's always cold. They don't have any ice issues because the roof height is so small. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely not set up for uh for ice hockey, in my opinion. The the I used to deliver up there all the time too when I was working for Coca Cola, so. I didn't even know it existed. How long has that been up there for? Not long. Oh, I was going less, to say, less yeah. than two years, yeah. Yeah. So it's no there, good there are always rinks. There are always rinks popping up. And uh, when I say popping up, and, um, there's always people looking to, to get another one off the ground or whatever, but it's usually without corporate sponsorship, government help, government funding, they very rarely ever get off the ground. Um, and we're not the only ones suffering. Speed skaters are suffering. Figure skaters are suffering. Broom ball. Like, you got speed skaters having to train at 4 o'clock in the morning because that's all they can get ice time. And you've got figures and you've got broom ball. Broom ball used to have a massive club based out of Penrith. They now travel to Erina. And so do some hockey games. A lot of really? hockey teams, senior hockey teams now have to play out of Erina because there's just... Not enough ice availability. So, and it's it's super sad because we're going to lose um, such a great membership because because there's a shortage of ice because everything's gone up and ice costs, heating costs, cooling costs, everything's sort of going up. Labor rates are going up. You know, yeah. rink fees up. Rinks put their rates up. Everyone suffers. We already can't get enough ice time as is. Then you've got some rinks able to charge just through the nose. So it's uh, it's a tough time to be in ice hockey. Um, but well, it's a tough time to be in any winter sport, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what I thought was odd when you said the Penrith closed because I remember having one of my daughter's birthday parties there, and I was just trying to get me out on the ice. I'm a bit like Happy Gilmore. I can't work out how to skate probably would have been a right whack in the park but i can't skate so don't mind well, getting you, the knuckle a bit but <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a couple of million um the rink is actually still there yeah it's just it's a christmas <laughs> shop now they sell christmas no, stuff. No, no, that's next door it was purchased to be become a refrigerated storage warehouse and well he gutted it and he cleaned it and it looks really good. It just needs some boards and some more dressing rooms and a grandstand put back in. But uh, unfortunately, it hasn't sold, so it's still sitting on the open market. Yeah, fabulous. So, yeah, and I would have, I don't know, I would have thought that Liverpool would be our target area where Canterbury exists. Like, they're building their new airport. I would have thought that, like, with a national ice hockey league and sides in Sydney, You'd be targeting growth areas around southwest Sydney, the Campbelltown area specifically, uh, the Pembroke area specifically for national, like some sort of side to have inclusion in national sport. 
but well, that would be a target area I'll be looking at anyway. So, so oh, interesting stuff. So, what are some of the big challenges you've got in your role, Liam? So, with marketing, sponsorship, and all that stuff. So, how many people you got beating down the door to come and throw millions of dollars at this? Uh, you, you're kind of looking at it, man. Now, where it's you know, as a club that kind of everything we earn goes back into the club, whether it's equipment, flights, like the stuff we've discussed. So the marketing budget, as with any kind of any organization, is kind of almost the first thing to go. And we, while we promote our kind of bigger games or things like our promotional events, like kids free Sundays and things like this, a lot of the the marketing side of things is done on a free basis. Like we try and just use our own content to attract it, you know, try and create content that might go viral and just get just get eyeballs on the sport before going to um, to sponsors. Yep. We've had a fair bit of growth online, which is is great. Like that would do growth across across all of our um, social channels over the past twelve months, which has been fantastic. So, what we're looking to do this year is actually integrate brands into our content, um, either in paid posts or using players at venues. Um, like our hospitality venues, things like that. Any hospitality partner to be like the boys having a burger um, before the game or after the game or a drink after the game, things like that. Um, any kind of retail partners that we bring on board, we get in the guys in store to kind of look like they're purchasing products or shopping in store and things like this, maybe in gear or their kind of um, dress outfits as well. So it's it's difficult. Um, obviously, if we had the the millions of dollars that they say like the NRL clubs or the AFL clubs had, it'd be a no-brainer. We'd be on buses, we'd be on billboards, we'd be in shopping centres and you wouldn't miss us online. But at the moment, it's just trying to create our own content to, to kind of get people interested. And I look behind the scenes. Um, like guys like yourself, you know, people like yourself that you know, know of ice hockey through the NHL but didn't know we had a product here to sell. It's a look into the change room or a look into the training sessions or the behind the scenes of games and what goes into setting up an ice rink or um, things like that to get people interested in not just like Sydney Ice Dogs or AIHL, but like ice hockey in general and go, oh, we've already got something here to, to kind of look into. And we already know some of the players because one of our, our popular videos is a marked up Monday session where every training session will mic up a different player and people get to hear the kind of, the nicest stuff they say on the ice that say not so much the bad <laughs> stuff because there's a lot of editing that goes into those videos i'll be honest but it's a look into what like professional athletes or semi-professional athletes their mentality and the intensity that they train with because you know none of our players really pay that they do it for the love of the game and you know they train as if they're getting you know we are giving them money or they are trying out for the nhl teams that it is intense and it's it's passion that you get to hear on the ice. So using those kind of things to attract fans and on the flip side, sponsors to be a part of it. It's that's my kind of main job in 2024 is to use the, what we're doing well to then get brands involved in that kind of stuff. So yeah, short answer is it's, it's difficult, but I think we've got this, the right things in place to, to grow in 2024 and really use our, what we're doing to, to elevate our, our club and the sport as a whole. I really think you got a good opportunity for the whole sport Australia-wide to explode. We've got a national competition with, I'll say, minimal coverage, right? So if you've got a bit more media coverage all of a sudden, you potentially open up the door to commercial partnerships and sponsorships, and it's going to subsidise some of your costs, and that'll help improve the quality of the standard because people are going to be able to put more time into training games, more venues and all this sort of stuff. It sort of goes hand in hand. Um, it sounds like you're right on the precipice of being able to go to the next level, which is, it's a good place to be in, right? It's a good opportunity. Absolutely. Like coming, I, I joined at the start of the 2023 season um, in what was going to be a very different role. Um, I was going to come in a very limited capacity and I sold it to my wife, but it was only a couple of games. It was only going to be in July. <laughs> I wasn't going to be having to go to games or trainings at all. And I think I spent more time in Macquarie Ice Rink than I did in our own house last year. So um, yeah, she wasn't thrilled, but she's she's from an ice hockey family, so she gets yep. it as well. Um, but yeah, you know, it, what, what we... Well, what, from a personal perspective, what I'd love to see is kind of more collaboration um, between the between the teams. Um, obviously, having another team in Sydney, that's a huge opportunity for us to to go to market as Sydney Ice Hockey, not as just the Sydney Ice Dogs or the Sydney Bears, but Sydney Ice Hockey as a product. Um, the same, you know, the teams in Melbourne have the same opportunity with the Mustangs and 
the ice. Um, you know, creating a product that is Melbourne ice hockey, not just Mustangs or ice, ice hockey. Um, it's obviously difficult because each team has their own agenda and their own goals that they want to achieve. Um, and, you know, it's the same thing like the Roosters and the, the Bunnies. They're probably not going to work too, too, together too often, um, but that's not to say they don't. And that's kind of where the next big challenge for us from a marketing point of view is how do we grow each fan base so that the fan base as a whole has grown. Um, and if we can get you know, an extra 250 people to our games that will go to the Bears games and vice versa, each club has grown by, you know, 250 fans in, and that's phenomenal. Um, yeah. And it means that maybe one out of, you know, extra like kid or something goes and buys an ice hockey stick and comes in, you know, 10 years becomes the next ice dog or the next bear um, yeah. and things like that. So it's, there's, there's challenges, but they're, they're good challenges to have. Um, it's kind of getting those things right that elevate us to be like, well, brands should take us seriously. The government should take us seriously in funding this sport because we're doing such a good job without the funding. Imagine if we did have it. Yeah, how much extra you could do. So how, how much does it cost to get into a game if you're just like a casual fan and you want to come and watch the games on a Saturday or a Sunday at Macquarie Ice Rink? And I think you can correct me here, but I think we're one of the most affordable clubs in the league. Um, I think it's like $20, $25. Um, and we validate the parking, so you get three hours of parking at Macquarie anyway. Um, that's that's just a standard adult general admission. Obviously, we've got tiered things like VIP and premier seating. Um, we also offer like, I think it's $10 kids tickets. Um, and all our games on Sundays are going to be kids free anyway. So... You know, it's almost like Ice Dogs Daycare um, for Sunday afternoons yeah. for parents. <laughs> um, so it's we're, we're really trying to make sure that while we're delivering a quality product to people, we're not pricing ourselves out of the market. We still want people to come. Um, we know that, you know, something like the Big Bash, if you can get into the Big Bash for 35 bucks, that's kind of where we're at. Um, the NBL is, again, a prime example of, the pricing strategies that we're kind of almost following um, in our own way. Um, our drinks are definitely cheaper than going to some of those bigger sports. Um, yeah. And we've got a food court right upstairs that we're not too protective of our own food being sold. So it's not like you can't get a decent meal and a nice drink for, for under $15, which if you're trying to do that at SFS, it's, you might get a hot dog and a water. So yeah. we're, we're trying to make it sure that it's the every every sport for everyone at a cost that is, yeah, appealing to everybody as well. But that, that's what it was like back in the day going to the entertainment <laughs> centre in the 90s. You wouldn't eat there, but you might eat at Chinatown or in the local area, Darling Harbour, wander in, see the concert, save $300 on food, yeah. <laughs> have a good time and go out afterwards as well. So have the whole experience. So Yeah, exactly right. That's that's what we're, that's all we're about is a good time. Um, just go watch guys on ice. So before you get going, Jason, I want to ask you a couple more questions. Um, what would you like for the club or the team in the next like six months? So have you started pre-season training yet? Because when's the comp start? April, is it? Or is it sooner than that? Um, yeah, I've been hard at work, actually. In my uh, a little, I've done a bit of work in my little study here. See if I can turn this around for you. So... Start a plan and already for next year. Um, oh, sorry, the cameras. So yeah, already started planning, uh, getting notes, working out tryout dates, and you know how much money we need, coaching staff appointments, stuff like that. So yeah. it's been, um, you know, I, I did say to Liam, you know what, we're just going to shut down, have some family time, <laughs> and. Every day we think of something else, something that can benefit the team, benefit the club. I find something online. He finds something. It's usually me finding something online and then sending it to him. So I kind of get this impression that he just sees and goes, ah, go away. I've got a list, mate. Don't worry. I've got a list for you all to do. All the dances that we're doing in the off-season, we're all doing (laughs) the first training back. (laughs) So I have been constantly, I feel like when I'm not, in the nine to five job, I'm constantly just thinking in my car, I come across stuff, I think of stuff. Um, so no, I haven't really shut down so much. I'm starting probably to ramp up more so now with the whole imports and starting to talk to potential players and getting that out there. Um, 
I've reached out to all the coaching staff to see, you know, A, who's interested in coming back, B, who, you know, I reassessed where we went wrong from a coaching point of view. I've started sort of not demanding because it's not the right word, but readjusting how we work as coaches, how many meetings we're going to have, weekly meetings, what I want from my coaching staff. So maybe ease some of the pressure off me um, on that side of things as well. Uh, I came into it thinking, you know, that I would be there every game and every training session, but I would have a little bit more help and, you know, I need that from my staff. So having chats with them right now and then obviously I stay in touch with the players that are overseas um, and seeing how they're progressing. But I think probably going to ramp up a little bit more. The flip side of that is I'm also a national team coach and I'm also getting ready to head to Italy and Serbia for world championships in January. So it's a little bit hard for that three-week period where – I'm wholly and solely focusing on national team stuff because that's yeah. that's very intense. Um, but yeah, trying to dot as many things as I can off before I go. Yeah. So if Nathan Walker said here he wants to come back from St. Louis Blues and play for you and he's going to do it for free, are you jumping on that ticket? Well, he trains with us twice a week, <laughs> every week when he's here. So uh, he can pay us. He can pay us to play. It, for us. Yeah. <laughs> He can he can pay back for the ice time and coaching that I've given him, but no, he's um. He, listen, uh, we all have a lot of respect for Nathan. I got I was fortunate to coach him when he was eighteen, and um, I love the kid. The family's cool. Uh, he does a lot for our sport and our team silently. Um, yeah, and you know we're quick to say yeah we could get him to do more and play for us, but let's be realistic. Like I. Worry, <laughs> I worry every time he jumps on the ice with our players for him because it'll be just one time that it's one of my players that sticks him in the face and makes him lose five teeth and he's survived the whole NHL or American Hockey League season. So, you know, I fear for him and nine times out of ten, I'm like, oh, you know, you probably don't need to partake in this thing, blah, blah. And he's like, cheers, I'm playing, I'm playing. Don't worry about it, you know. So, and he's... He's humble and he's down to earth and he remembers his roots and all that sort of stuff. And he remembers the club and he's happy to help out when we need him to come to a game or whatnot and sign some autographs. So yeah, we'd love we'd love him to be dressed yeah. in the uniform. Um, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah. So how how big a deal is it for ice hockey in Australia that he's the first professional player to play in the NHL from Australia? Mate. For the hockey, I'll answer this in the sense of for the hockey community, it's amazing. Unfortunately, all the media teams haven't latched onto that and never took, never, never ran with it. You know, they don't share his highlights every weekend on games. They don't share him doing all this stuff. You know, in my opinion, it's really no different to Shane Van Gisbergen and going over it and doing one lap around. Or oh, sorry, not one lap, one race, and yeah. it's. Flooded. It flooded my Facebook, my TikTok, all that sort of stuff. But when yeah. Nathan Walker went over and played in one game, he got maybe like 20 seconds of airtime. And then what about on the week-to-week basis? What about the goals that he scored? Like, unfortunately, the media outlets haven't really rolled with it. And it's it's sad. You know, he might like it because he's quite a humble bloke. But... um. Like 10 of years day, of professional ice hockey. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's if I know it frustrates a lot of the hockey community because he's just not recognized like he should be. And as an Australian sporting athlete, you know, most people don't even know that he has a Stanley Cup ring. Like, how many people can say I, that? I, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. he won a Stanley Cup. That's yeah, massive. Man, you should see you should see this ring. Like the thing that thing's not shy of yeah, a lot of money, right? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money. And so again, you don't know that. Most people don't know that. Most people yeah. have no idea that he even plays in the NHL, let alone the American Hockey League. And yeah, yeah it sucks. Yeah, it's pretty pretty sad to hear, really. So uh, yeah, um, I know from my own personal point of view, I'd love to come down to some of your training sessions when they're on, and if 
Nathan Walker's there. I'd love to have an interview with him, have a chat to him about his experiences, maybe help try to get some more promotion for what he does and help promote the club and the game as well. well be- he's a, mate, he's such a down-to-earth guy. I'll give you an example. Last year we teamed up with Hope FM for a radio station yeah. um, and they came down, threw on the pads, had a little, joined in a, into a training session. I'm sure... I'm not sure we had any signed waivers that day, um, <laughs> but regardless, he was in good spirits. And then, you know, he ended up doing an interview with them. He didn't yeah. have to. He didn't need to. There was no nobody forced him around, but he was quick to do it. And so, you know, <clears throat> it's a testament to the guy, but it's also like, you know, they were happy to promote hockey and, and any promotion for us hockey is promotion we need. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, pre- appreciate your time. I know you're going to have to jump off shortly, so... Uh... Well, my actual appointment hasn't arrived just yet. I haven't seen the cameras <laughs> light... I haven't, I haven't seen the cameras light up, so it's actually a meeting internally. Yeah, oh, that's all right. So I noticed you got your work for Crane Reach Trucks there, so is that some areas? They still at some areas? Yeah, yeah mate. Placer Crescent, so... so what- yeah, <laughs> Blue Line they're Transport. one of our sponsors. Yeah. Also, so one they're, they're sponsors. one of the sponsors for the team, are they too? Yeah, valued sponsor, valued sponsors. Yeah, there you go. So is that is that one you teed up, or is that one Liam teed up? So no, I'd love to take sorry. credit for that. Sorry, Liam. <laughs> sorry, Liam, but he's my dad. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, all right, overall, so what? So when people come out to the ice hockey, what sort of experience are they going to get in the games when they turn up? Uh, they're buying tickets. Generally, what time most of the games are like for people who want to bring their kids and families and that sort of stuff? Uh, Ange, you want to take that one? Because like Ange like, runs it. Yeah, make sure it's running like shit work anyway. So all our, all our um, Saturday and Sunday games start at 5. Yeah. Um, doors open at 4.30. Game starts at five. Um, we're done by quarter past seven, so still plenty of time to get kids home to bed for before school the next day. Um, as I said some days are kids free um, to come along. Um, yeah. The game is fast; it's, it keeps you engaged, and the um, the, the atmosphere in there is pretty uh, pumping most games. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have the best hot dogs, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Kids. That's what if I want the ice hockey, I want to have the whole experience, everything, whatever it is they got. Hot dogs and beers. That's that's all yeah, we know. The, the cheap light American <laughs> beer that's not real nice. Uh, yep. hot dogs that are massive, everything. I want to have the whole experience. So yeah, that's that's ice yeah, dogs hockey. Yeah. <laughs> so after after the games, the players come out and uh, meet meet everyone. Super accessible for the kids to, you know, see their favorite players and everything. So that's good. I think that's something like so I've got grandkids. So I think they would absolutely love coming to this and checking that out. So they'd be right into that. Um, how could how do people go about getting membership if they want to get membership with the ice dogs or anything like that? Want to buy any jerseys and hats or can you do that? Yeah, absolutely. We're in the process of working out our 2024 membership packages at the moment. Um all the merch we have are going to work with a, a local supplier called Cheapskate Hockey, um, who do fantastic merch for us and have done for a number of years now. Um, all of it's available online um, or will be once we kind of design the 2024 merch. Um, we also have a pop up stand at each and one of our games. So if you can't get online or don't want to go online, um, if you come to a game, all of our merch in terms of jerseys, hats, scarf, all that's available at our games um, as well as an on, as online store. So super accessible um, in terms of the merchandise, our memberships, they'll be available online um, hopefully in the next kind of coming weeks, if not the um, start of the new year. We're just working out a few things about what's included, what discounts and what kind of offerings we have beyond just kind of coming to the games because we know that yeah, it's valuable getting a yeah, season ticket, um, but if we can give our members something back on top of um, just the fantastic games that we're able to offer, 
um, that's just going to increase the value um, to the members, not so much to us, but to the members themselves. So just working what those kind of additional things look like, um, but memberships will be available, yeah, in the coming in the coming weeks, um, ready for the 2024 season. So it's it's not dissimilar to kind of the NRL kind of things. You, know, you get your season ticket, you get access to a certain member stand or member seats or just general admission um, seats, as well as kind of discounts on merch, access to uh, early access to events or um, and retail kind of specials as well. So all the kind of standard things you'd expect from membership um, with an Ice Dogs flair. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, look look forward to that. I have membership with Central Coast Mariners and that as well for the A-League. So you get hats and all that sort of stuff. Now it's getting more expensive because I have to get membership for my grandkids as well. So um, yeah, <laughs> they, they want everything, jerseys, shirts, hats. If you're going to get socks, they want socks, the whole whole box and dice. So <laughs> so you could potentially buy jerseys and all that sort of stuff and that that's a possibility as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um a lot of, I think the best thing about having merch available at the games, particularly for the kids. Um, first of all, it's not too expensive. It's not like the, it's not, it's not like you're selling kids tickets or kids jerseys for $200. Um, but they can get it signed. So it becomes a signed jersey, uh, for the cost of a ticket and a jersey. Um, and you get the full roster. It's not like we have just our top line or top guys coming out to do the meet the kids. It's everyone. So if they kind of, you know, kids kind of see one of our, yeah, third line guys that are just like, I love that guy. He's really funny or you love him on the ice. They get to meet him, have a chat with him and get his signature and a photo um, all just by coming to the game. That's not an additional cost. We don't charge for meet and greets. Um, it's just part of the experience that we're trying to give back to fans um, each and every game. I think that's a really, uh, they're invaluable things too. So really marketable, a good thing to go on, a good way to grow the game. So, Hey, I've got a bounce, on. guys. No worries. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, So, so I'll ask each of you guys just before you scoot. Um, really appreciate your time tonight. It's been very good and got a lot out of this. So if you could get something each that's going to help uh, the club for the next season. So when's the season start? About April, something like that. I'll look before. And I think your first up game's against the Bears. So... Um, which is probably a good, good way to start, really, if you're trying to get some local promotion, um, which is good, because I'll do what I can to help promote it too. What would be one thing you'd like, Liam? What would be one thing you'd like, Angela, that would really help the, the club going forward? Ooh, I would say I I would love to get, like, a name sponsor, like yeah. a major, major sponsor, um, whoever that is, whatever that looks like, you know, whether it's a kind of an international brand like Afterpay or a local brand like Bondi Sands or Budgie Smuggler, um, nothing would be off the cards for me. Um, but getting someone that is aligned to the Ice Dogs who understands what we're trying to do, understands what the sport is about um, and kind of bringing them on board to kind of be that name brand partner um, year in, year out, that would be phenomenal. It would take a lot of the heavy lifting off our smaller sponsors. It would take a lot of pressure off myself and Ange in terms of the day-to-day costs um, that are associated with with the club and the sport. Um, and and we could have a lot of fun, I think, getting something like Afterpay or Budgie Smuggler or an alcohol brand, for example, getting the, one of those kind of brands on board that is a lot of fun and we can use in content um, to market ourselves and the brand. I think that would be phenomenal. Um, whether it happens next year or in the coming years um, remains to be seen. But, yeah, that, that to me would be the one thing I would love uh, to, to happen. Yeah. What would you like to see, Angela? Oh, I mean, other than the sponsors, um, the entire club is run by volunteers. So just more, you know, hands helping. A paycheck? You know, in, yeah, well, that too. <laughs> paycheck would be great. But, um, yeah, it, every little bit helps where people, um, you know, it, it takes about 20 to 30 people just to run a game. Um, yeah. We have timekeepers and gate penalty gate operators, people who put up the nets, um, ushers, everything. Like it just takes such a village of people. So being able to have more people come in and you know offer assistance, even you know if it's before a game, I'll just help you set up, and then I want to watch that kind of thing. Um, every little bit helps. 
No, that that's really good. I, I know from a personal point of view, working in independent freelance media stuff, um, I'm trying to make a conscious effort to do more to get out and have more experiences. So I've unloaded my plate a little bit to make sure I can get around and do <laughs> some more of the getting to local sports like the AIHL, like yes, is a national competition, but I haven't been to any games. So to me, to go to one game is a good step forward and can share that experience with other people. So I'd like to be able to do that. And yeah, very glad and appreciate the opportunity to have a chat to all of you guys tonight and hope to really get on board and get to quite a few games this season with the Ice Dogs and uh, look forward to being part of your journey for 2024. So thanks again for your time. Um, it, I know it's uh, late, uh, later in the night and appreciate that coming up close to Christmas. So I appreciate your effort in organising this as well, Liam. Uh, my pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. And thank you thank you for the opportunity to, to kind of showcase what we are and what our sport's about, mate. Um, I, I think it goes without saying, if our, our first official home game is is a Sunday against the Canberra Brave, if you and the family aren't doing anything, we'd love to have you out to, to kind of check us out and we might even be able to sneak a drink or a hot dog to you as well. Oh, definitely be coming down to check that out. Yeah. So, all right, thanks a lot for that. Appreciate it. So... Uh, there you go, everybody. That is the Sydney Ice Dogs for you. So anyone that's listening to this tonight, this is going to go up as a podcast on Weekend Warriors and uh, also Duckman TV on YouTube and Facebook. And this will be a story for the uh, Hills Independent Magazine for uh, the February edition. So it's going to come out early in the new year and target the right audiences. So keep on ducking, everyone. Have a fabulous week and I'll catch you again soon. Thanks, man.